0: Welcome to the more than fitness podcast and welcome responsible delinquents to yet another solo episode with your boy on the more than fitness podcast. We are rip roaring into this one because I have about 30 minutes that I have to knock this out. Uh, Because I wanted to make sure I got an episode out for you guys because I have been lackluster with the consistency of the episodes recently. Uh, Again, I apologize for that. I will be getting more guests. I will be continuing to uh, be more consistent as we, to be 100% honest, probably as we get into the new year, because right now you have holidays and things. I've got some. Uh, I've got a big project that I'm working on for you guys. Uh, my new email course is going to be free. It's coming out at the beginning of the new year to help you guys kick off the new year and punch your face. Punch your face. Punch your face. Yes, that's, that's what the new project is for. I was going to say help you punch your goals in the face as we start the new year. That's what I meant uh, okay <laughs> since I have short time here and this is going to be I, I think a, a pretty solid episode honestly this uh, you know this can go for anybody who is going from 20 to 30 or 30 to 40 or 40 to 50 years old uh, these are just some workout considerations that I have seen uh, either in the the science so in the current body of literature and or, with myself as I have gotten older and as I am approaching 30. uh, And then also, which is actually crazy for me to say, I turned 28 in like two weeks, December 28th, for anybody who wants to wish me a happy birthday. Um, But with myself, and then also with my clients, most of the clients that I work with are usually in the ages of like 25 to 50 ish. Uh, So I have I've worked with quite a few different people along that age spectrum, and there are definitely different considerations for for different people. However, again, this is going to be uh, just a generalization uh, for the most part, right? But nonetheless, I, I think that no matter what age you are, you are going to be able to um, get something out of this because this stuff, sure, maybe it becomes more important as you get older or busier uh, or, or whatever, but. These are all things that still matter no matter what age you are. So let's go ahead and jump right into the first workout consideration, and that is going to be stressors, right? Uh, So one of the things that people don't think about, because I remember the other day I have a a Garmin watch that will monitor my heart rate and, and monitor a few other things. And one of the things is like stress. And so I guess it just kind of, you know, takes again, the accuracy with this stuff. You never know how accurate it is. However, you look at the stressor while you're working out and you notice that the, the stress on the watch is going up and up and up. Right. My heart rate is going up. And I posted that on my Instagram story and I told people, I said, hey, don't forget that your workouts while they can be, de- they feel like they are de-stressing you, and they can be therapeutic and, and all these different things, right? But don't don't forget that that is a stressor on your body. It is a, a physiological stressor on your body, and so your body doesn't. I mean, there there are differences, but your body doesn't know the difference between stress from you know working out, for example, compared to if something really negative is going on in your life of course there are there are good and and bad stressors and things like that however what i'm saying is if you have all of these other stressors and then you're like oh i'm just going to make sure i go work out at the gym really hard uh, I think that it can be a double-edged sword sometimes, and people don't realize. Hey, you're you're stressed constantly outside of work, so maybe we need to dial things back a little bit with your workouts at, at least for right now to help your body recover. Because if you're just if you're constantly hammering your body, uh, you know, outside of the gym with maybe all these mental stressors, and then you go into the gym and then you pack on all of these physical stressors on top of that. Well, then your your body is just trying to play catch up. Uh, and that's where we can create some issues. So, I mean, you have all these stressors. So, from your workouts, whenever you're in a calorie deficit, so whenever you are dieting, whenever you're trying to eat fewer calories than you're burning, you have to realize that's also a stressor on your body, right? Like because you're you're taking you're literally taking in uh, a less amount of energy that your body requires for it to kind of run optimally. Right, And and of course, you can do this in a a healthy manner. It's not that this is unhealthy, but your body does see that as a a stressor. And so you want to take all of these considerations um, into consideration. There you go. Good talking by me. Um, so calorie deficit, that's something you want to be mindful of. That's going to be a stressor on the body. Sleep deprivation, I think is, is an obvious one. Whenever you're not sleeping well, this is going to add more stress to your plate, uh, work, and then you have worries. This could be, you know, relationships, uh, money, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and then the last one that I have is, is cardio as well. And, And all of these things, they you know they're going to have a stress on the on your body and if you don't take those into consideration with your workout plans at least over time you could start to see some negative effects i think one of the things that people love to talk about with stress is going to be uh, cortisol right that is the stress hormone that is released by your body whenever uh, you know it's a normal hormone that is released by the body uh, on a regular basis however whenever you are in more stressful times, you're going to re- release more of this cortisol, and it's going to make things, to to keep it simple, it's going to make things like fat loss or recovery or muscle gain or all of these things, it's going to make them a little bit more difficult. Now, I think that there is a misconception around cortisol uh in the sense that if you release cortisol then you're automatically like storing a bunch of fat or something like that and that's not how it works right Uh, i i think that it, it can it can make it easier to store fat because your body is not performing optimally with all of the things that it does basically um but also it can make you retain water so i think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that people have this cortisol they have uh they are releasing higher amounts of cortisol and then their weight may fluctuate a little bit their weight may spike up a little bit and that's just because your body is holding water this is a this is again this is a normal thing however people can can worry about it quite a bit uh and and think that it's fat gain however it's not fat gain right so The next thing is going to be, oh, with the stressors, sorry, reading this, trying to make sure, uh, what to do about that is to auto-regulate your workouts. And this can obviously get very complex depending on, on what you're doing. But the very simplest way to, to go about this is just like, how are you feeling that day? Like if you are feeling really run down and you're, you're really tired and you're really exhausted and you came into the gym yawning or, or maybe you were yawning before the gym and then you took your pre-workout just to kind of like grind through it. And you know, you have to do a hard workout. So you're really trying to grind through it. Well, it's like, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Maybe you're like, Hey, just by, by knowing myself and, and kind of feeling things out, I know I should probably, instead of going at an eight or a nine out of 10 on this workout, I should probably go to five or six out of 10 uh, on this workout so that tomorrow, maybe whenever I'm feeling a little bit better, I can get to bed a little bit sooner tonight and then I can wake up, I can feel good and then I can really crush it hard tomorrow and that would probably be a little bit better for your overall recovery uh, and stress management itself. For me, something that I like doing is like whenever I am kind of feeling tired or whatever, I'll just do machines only, right? I'll just go in and uh, I'll still kind of hit the the same body parts of the same movements that I'm I was planning on doing that day. However, I'll just use machines, right? Because machines can be very much like lazy lifting sometimes. And that doesn't mean that they aren't effective or anything like that. However, they are usually in some type of fixed plane, some type of fixed movement and it just make, and then, you know, uh, it's easier to change the weights, all of these different things, right? It's like, at least if I'm going to go to the gym, I can still get in a, a really solid workout with just machines, you know? And as long as you just don't worry about your ego and, and, you know, think that you need to go and always touch the barbell or always touch the dumbbells or something like that it's like you can get in a great workout using machines only you can get in you can get out you can be very efficient with everything uh, and then you know again you you save your your most intense efforts for a later date whenever you aren't stressed out uh, as much and so maybe if you can't do machines even then just go in and, and do cardio right just go in do some cardio do some light stretching do some active recovery do some foam rolling whenever I'm working with clients uh, on this stuff, I'm just like, Hey, the, the point of, of this workout is to leave the workout better than whenever you went in, right? That's kind of what an active recovery session is. It's not going to go in and be super strenuous or anything. It's actually going to be like a revitalizing workout. So you're going to feel refreshed whenever you leave. So you go in, just get a little bit of a sweat, get a little bit of movement in just to, to loosen up some of the stiffness stiffness, and then uh, you leave and, and you'll be good to go uh, in the upcoming days, right? You're not going to leave feeling sore or the next day you're not going to wake up sore and all these things and run down. You're actually going to uh, move to feel better. And I think that that is a, a really good idea. Okay, the next thing is going to be warming up properly. This is the second consideration you need to um Consider. I'm going to figure this out by the end of the podcast how to go about this. Uh, yeah. So, so warming up properly, this is something that definitely in earlier years, uh, myself, even anybody, right? You just, you can get away with not warming up as long, right? You can kind of jump up to the weights uh, more quickly and, uh, for a while, you can probably get away with that. But as you get uh, a little bit older, right, things just don't work as fluidly as before. And also you are increasing your risk of injury with things. Uh, and, And you've got to realize that after years and years and years of perhaps not warming up or perhaps, you know, using shitty technique or going heavier than you need to, or whatever it is in the first couple years of lifting, it's not going to make a big deal, but where it is going to make a difference is as that compounds, as you go on in year six, seven, eight, nine, and, and, and forward, right? It's, it's constantly that nagging movement. And if you use poor form, it's like, not only are you using shitty form for this one workout, you're using shitty form for multiple workouts every single week for years on end. Right. And that is how people develop these, these nagging injuries and things. And if you ask anybody who has nagging injuries in their elbows or in their shoulders or in their knees uh, or whatever it is, it's like all they wish that they could do is go back in time and make sure that they warmed up properly, made sure they fixed their technique. Um, because whenever that shit goes bad, it's very, very hard to bring it back again. Right. Um, And so with that, making sure that you do warm up properly is huge. And so one of the biggest things that you need to do to warm up properly is to literally warm your body up. Right. So warm up your body temperature. And for me, the easiest thing that I do, uh, especially in these winter months is I'll, I'll make sure that I am wearing uh, a jacket to the gym. And whenever I get to the gym, uh, I go straight to the car- a single cardio machine. Usually for me, it's like the bike. I'll have my jacket on still, and I'll do cardio for like 10 to 15 to 20 minutes even. Right. Um, and now, of course, I know if you're limited on time, you can't always do this. However, if you can get five to 10 minutes in there and, you know, if you only have five minutes, well, then pedal a little bit faster. You know, The point is to heat up your body and try and get that temperature up so that you're more uh, lubricated whenever you're going to your main work sets for the day, right? So, so the biggest thing is just to actually warm up your body by doing some type of cardio uh, whenever you first get there. You can also do this with just warming up with... Uh, weights and things so if you're about to do bench press uh, you know or something like that i think that you what i would recommend is doing more warm-up sets so if you're if let's say you're supposed to do three sets of 10 on bench press today well in your warm-ups i would you know start with the bar and and start out doing you know 10 to 20 reps or something of course this is just a generalization some people may be be weaker or stronger than this but just as a generalization you know, start start with the bar and do a couple sets maybe just with the bar, you know, and just loosen things up, get a full range of motion with things. Uh I would actually recommend for the most part not to just go straight to the gym and jump straight into the the first exercise. Uh, however, I would say that Going in the gym, doing some cardio is probably a good idea. And then going to your warm-up sets, that's going to be good. Or if you're not going to do cardio, well, then just do some type of full body circuit. And the easiest way to do this is with a barbell or something, right? And so you're just going to do a bunch of the main movements, which is going to be, you know, like an overhead press, right? You're going to do a row. You're going to do a hip hinge. You're going to do a squat. You're going to do, I can't even remember all the ones that I've listed. But basically, so you can do a, a full range of motion circuit with a barbell, just going through all these, these different movements, right? And that is going to warm up your, your entire body. And then of course, while you do that, that is also going to warm up your body temperature. Um, but for me, I'm going to do a little bit of the cardio, five to 10 minutes plus, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to do a little bit of mobility drills in the sense of, I'm just going to do a couple arm swings. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to, you, you can catch other podcasts that I've done actually on this, uh, on arm warming up. Uh, but I'll do some, I'll do some arm swings. Uh, I'll maybe do some band pull apart. So I'll warm up my upper back. That's going to be a big thing. If you're doing, if you're doing upper body, one of the best things that you need to do is to warm up your upper back, warm up your shoulders, because that's where all of the other movements are going to stem from. So as long as those things are, are warm and you're t- taking all of those through a full range of motion before you get kind of into your work sets, that's going to be uh, a really good idea. And the last thing that I do with with warming up properly, uh, with with clients, is sometimes I give them activation drills before they warm up for their main sets. So for example, if they were going to do a bench press, I would have them do some type of upper back work before they go to bench. So this could be uh something just like standing rows, right? Just standing back rows, dan- uh dumbbell rows, uh or band pull-aparts, something like that. Maybe I'll even have them do like push-ups or something, right? Just doing slow push-ups, making sure that they're going through the full range of motion. They're doing those ty- types of activation drills with the muscles that they are about to work um, with legs, for example. I would do for squats, right? I would go and maybe do maybe do a little bit of leg extensions and do a little bit of leg curls, uh, or possibly even some machine abductions. Uh, look up look up abductions. So A B ductions right and this is just going to get my hips warmed up maybe i'll do some glute work maybe i'll do like if i'm going to do deadlifts or something or if i'm going to do rdls romanian deadlifts i'm going to work my hamstrings then i'm going to i'm going to get my glutes loosened up a little bit i'm going to get my hips loosened up a little bit right and these are activation drills that i would do before the main movement for that day uh it's just it's exactly what it sounds like i'm just trying to get the the muscles that i'm about to use warmed up so that whenever I get to them, I'm still going to do warm-up sets with those lifts. However, I'm going to make sure that I do some some other work for the surrounding muscle groups and the accessory muscle groups of those main lifts for the day as well. And I can promise you, if you just go in and do two to three sets of leg curls before the next time you do squats, you're going to notice a difference. You're going to be a little bit looser. You're going to be able to get a little bit better range of motion. It's going to feel, um, it's just going to feel better. The movement is going to feel better. So give that a try with warming up. Okay. The next one is going to be increasing your NEAT. So NEAT stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, right? It's a big fancy word for basically any type of non-exercise activities that you're doing. So if you're, you're, right now if you're at your desk or something listening to this and you're tapping your foot or you're tapping your hand or you're tapping your pencil or whatever it is that's going to be some form of neat actually even just if you're holding your neck up right now if you're just holding your body up without any support that is neat right if you're you're taking the steps whenever you're you're going up to your floor for work that is going to be neat right so just steps any any types of things like that uh, there's actually been some very interesting research on increasing your knee and how big of a role it can actually play. Uh, it, it's going to be contextual from person to person. Some people just fidget basically more than other people. Uh, and so they realize that their neat is actually very high. And so this can range t- from, for hundreds of calories every single day, just from doing these small things like, like fidgeting, right throughout the, throughout the entire day. Um, if you're a pacer, I'm a pacer. Whenever I do things or whenever I'm thinking or whenever I'm uh, talking to somebody, I pace around the entire house. Uh, and so so that is going to be uh, attributed to some of my neat for the day. Uh, but as you get older, as you get busier in things, of course, you're just not doing these things as much. You're probably just not getting up and, and moving around uh, as much or, or maybe you're not fidgeting as much as you, you used to or something. And this is where you want to try to uh, add in a little bit of neat to your day, kind of build it in so that you don't have to rely on just kind of subconsciously doing it. And so for me, one of the things it's uh, to be 100 percent honest, it's it's been less um I've been doing these less as it's gotten colder, but daily walks are something that I still try to fit in to my day every single day. Luckily, I have like a Whole Foods next to me. Uh, it's at least somewhat somewhat close to me that I can walk and it can boost up my steps a little bit. But sometimes I'll even not get, I'll just get the groceries that I need for today so that tomorrow I know that I'm gonna have to go back to Whole Foods and that's gonna get me up, it's gonna get me out of the house, it's gonna allow me to walk a little bit. Um, And I plan that in for my day, just like after lunch or before lunch or something like that. And this is what you can do as well. Maybe you don't work from home, but if you you do have a job or something like that before or after lunch, just plan that in. Just say, hey, I'm going to go walk. You know, you could go walk up and down the steps. You can go walk around the hallways. You can walk around the building like a psychopath. Right. (laughs) You can do you can do anything. Right. Right. Another thing would be to take the stairs, right? Instead of the elevator, this is going to be a very common one, but it's something that actually really makes a difference, especially if you are getting up, moving around, uh, different places or it's even like, if you're going to go to the bathroom, like (laughs) you could always go down a floor to, to go to a different bathroom, right? Uh, or parking further away from the gym or parking further away from the grocery store, right? These are all what seems like little choices. But if you think about how many of these choices you make throughout an entire week, that is going to, to add up, right? That's going to, it's going to add pennies to your movement bank throughout the entire week. And so if you take all these little daily steps, well, then it adds up towards the end of the week and you're increasing your knee, you're increasing your movement um, as you get older, just any ways that you can increase your movement and kind of build that into your schedule uh as uh, doing it as much on like autopilot as you possibly can that is going to be huge right in, in so many facets, not just in burning calories right but also just in moving your body you just have to keep moving uh, especially as you get older and especially as you get busier and it's just not it doesn't come as naturally okay the next to last consideration is going to be different workout schedules uh, so With this, I think that there's kind of two different approaches with this. For me, what I've been experimenting with recently uh, since I use the gym, so I work work from home, uh, and since I want to kind of like get out of the house on a regular basis, uh, I've actually been increasing my workout frequency. So how many times I work out per week up to like five to six times per week. Uh, and, and that doesn't mean that I'm lifting five or six times per week, but this means I'm going to the gym, right? And I'm going to maybe do cardio or I'm going to lift or, or whatever it is, but I'm going to go to the gym more frequently per week. However, I'm only going for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Whereas before, if I was only going to go to the gym, maybe three times per week, then I'm I'm usually going to be at the gym full transparency, usually about like an hour to an hour and a half, right? It's going to take a little bit longer, but now if I can break those up, I'm doing fewer body parts per split or I'm sorry, per day, uh, or I'm doing fewer movements. It depends on on what uh, kind of workout plan that I'm following at the time. However, I'll just do less exercise per day. However, I will go more frequently throughout the week. Uh, and this is just for me. This works because it. I use the gym as an endpoint, uh, as a stopping point for my workday. Usually, right. So whenever six o'clock hits, for example, I'm like, okay, now it's time to go to the gym. And that is whenever I want to make sure that I finish all my work. And if I do that every single day, it just gets me in the habit of going. And that is going to be what is most important. And right. It's like, I have, I have clients that come to me and they're just like, Hey, I need to go to the gym almost like every single day or else I I just not going to be able to become a habit for me. So even if they're going to the gym to do some active recovery, like I mentioned earlier, right? They're just doing something small. They're doing a little bit of cardio. They're just walking around the track. Even it's just like, it's the habit of going to the gym, getting that movement in every single day. And that builds the habit so that, uh, you just, you feel better and you're more consistent on a regular basis. Right. And so, if, if that's something that you can do, by all means, go for it. But of course, you have to regulate your intensity with that because if you're going to go to the gym six times per week, you can't go to the gym and just go hard every single day six times per week. That's not how it works, right? So if the more frequently you go, the more careful you're going to have to be about how much work you do at the gym that day and then also how intense your workouts are that day right and so if you're going to do the opposite of that if you're going to do fewer days per week well then maybe you you can go to the gym for an hour to an hour and a half and go a little bit harder if you're only going to go three times per week you're going to have four days of recovery Um, and so on those three days you go in you hit it really hard for an hour and a half Uh, or an hour you know the the timing isn't doesn't matter as much but the point is that you're going fewer so you can go a little bit harder on the days that you do go um and either one can work, right? There are no exact right answers here, and that there's also no wrong answers, which is what I want to encourage you. It's like the the best training split is the one that you can stick to and that gets you the most excited to go consistently over time. If that's two days per week, if that's four days per week, if that's six days per week, whatever it is, of course you have to be smart about it. However, just look at your schedule and what you're willing to do, and then stick with that. Uh, another consideration with this is how far away from the gym are you? So for me, again, I'm like five minutes away from my gym, I'm pretty sure. And so it's not a big deal for me to go every single day, right? If it was, if the gym was 20 minutes away and there's traffic and all this other shit, right? And it's like, then I'm, I'm spending hours every single week, just commuting to the gym, just commuting to the gym, not even being at the gym, et cetera. Right. And so I know that especially as people get older and busier, that's not going to always be feasible, but if you, um, uh, if, if you want to plan this in, well then just realize, okay, I can go, I can go two days per week. I'll maybe start there. And then if I want to bump that up over time, then I can go up to three days and then you can just adjust as you go along, but just kind of think about the type of person that you are. Uh, and then if you need to go more frequently, you can do that, but just go less intense whenever you do that throughout the week. Uh, or you can go fewer days. And you can go a little bit harder each time that you go. And and either one of those can work. But just think about your workout schedule and see which one fits best for you. Okay. And the very last consideration is going to be the types of exercises uh, to cover all your bases, right? Because not all exercises are created equally. And then as you go to the gym, um as you get older right you want to make sure that you aren't kind of you know what's interesting is that i so you guys some of you know so i started out in kentucky i was born and raised in kentucky and then last year in 2020 i moved to new york for a year right but before i moved to new york i was still here in kentucky i was still here in lexington and i go to the same gym that i go to now right and i went there like two years ago basically um so two years ago i was going to this gym in kentucky and then in 2020 i moved away from that gym i moved to new york right i would live there for a year and then now i came back to kentucky and now i went back to the same exact gym that i went to a few years ago and i shit you not there are at least two or three people in there that are doing the exact same workouts because I know because I always see them doing the same shit and they still look the same they're doing the same workouts and it just it just baffles me that like and and look hey you know, it's better than nothing. Um, however, it's just like, I can't believe that these people just, they, it's just like clockwork. They just do the same stuff yet. It's not actually yielding any, at least to me, right? Of course, you know, what do I know? And, and maybe there's something else going on. However, it's just crazy to me whenever I go in and see these same people, there doing the same shit and still look the exact same. And I'm just like, okay, what, are, what are we, what are you doing? Like, is there any goals here? Is there any type of structure at all? Um, so I, I, I thought that, that was I, I thought that that was interesting. Um but With these types of exercises that you're doing, you need to make sure that they are balanced in the sense of you want to have a little bit of muscle strengthening exercises, right? So, of course, this is going to be a resistance training. This is the type of stuff that that I've been talking about this entire time. But also, you want to have some aerobic exercises. So, you want to have some type of cardio built into your plan uh, as well. And so, I have the the guidelines up here. Um, Let's see you want to have a mix right with, with cardio. And I know that this isn't always feasible for everybody to do in a single week period, but if you alternate weeks and you moderate the intensity, um, on a week to week basis, well, then I think that that could be a a really good thing to do. Um, and so what I mean by this is that you have low intensity cardio, you have moderate intensity cardio, and then you have like vigorous intensity cardio, or you have high intensity interval training, right? So you have hit cardio and, You want to have a little bit of all three of these and so the uh, i think the actual guidelines are like 150 minutes per week of like moderate intensity cardio exercise and so this is going to be things just like jogging for example right uh this is stuff that you're you're going to feel a decent you're going to have your heart rate up quite a bit but nothing crazy and you're just going to hold it there for 30 45 minutes whatever it is right their recommendations are 150 minutes per week of this moderate intensity cardio uh another the other side of that is going to be more of like the high intensity interval training and they the recommendations they give here is 75 minutes week of vigorous intensity cardio so this is going to be things like hit training and so this is going to be where you you get your heart rate up really really high and then you do that for let's say 15 to 30 seconds and then after you do that you drop it back down very very low uh, for maybe another minute or two to let your heart rate come back down and it's just this series of bringing your heart rate heart rate up really high and then letting it come back down low and this is the one this is the type of cardio that really sucks to be honest right It's like that's the reason why it's so important to do is because it sucks. And because it sucks means it's going to usually be really good for you, of course, in in doses, right? Doing this all the time. Again, going back to the the intensity thing that I was talking about, if you're always doing something really intense, well, it's probably not a good idea to stack high intensity interval training cardio on top of your already uh, vigorous workout schedule, and life schedule, for example. Um, But if you can just fit in maybe once per week, right? That's something that I usually try and do. Just fit it in once per week. Just something where it's just like, damn, this sucks. But it's just like, after that damn, this sucks comes... Well, that, you know, that felt good. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad that I did that. I feel better having done that. And the research is very clear that that type of cardio is actually one of the healthiest types of cardio that you can do for your body, you know, cardiovascular, physiological, all these different things, right? so getting in some type of of vigorous cardio is going to be good Uh, getting in some type of moderate intensity cardio is going to be good and then lastly is going to be the low intensity steady state cardio and this is just going back to more so the neat type stuff so just getting in some walking getting in some steps getting in some low intensity cardio on a regular basis is going to be uh, a good idea and so for me Uh, Something that I sometimes will do is I'll have periods where I do 10 minutes of cardio before my workouts and then I do 10 minutes of cardio after my workouts, right? And what this allows me to do is just bump up my steps for the day a little bit. It allows me to bump up my movement a little bit uh, without having to... without having to do more formal cardio, right? It, 10 minutes before and 10 minutes after doesn't feel as long as 20 minutes throughout. So that's a nice little, nice little trick there. Um, another thing that's super important for you guys to do as you get older is make sure you include plenty of single leg work. So single leg or single arm work. And the reason why unilateral exercises are so important is mostly for balance and stability and things like that. You're, you're using, uh, you're, you're kind of using everything right here. So you're using balance, you're using coordination, you're using stability, mobility, and then you're also, if you're using dumbbells or even just your body weight, right? You are using all of those things while under load. So if you do some type of like dumbbell split squat, or if you do lunges, for example, or if you do a single leg RDL, so a single leg Romanian deadlift, all of these things uh, are going to challenge all of those at the same time, and that's why they can be so important. So if you don't do tons of single leg work uh, or single arm work, so even doing like a single arm uh, shoulder press or a single arm row or a single arm bench press, something like that to allow for a little bit more. Unilateral work is going to challenge all of those things. And it's going to be only that much more important as you get older. Okay. And I think that is just about everything. Those are workout considerations as you get bold. Wow. Finish strong. Workout considerations as you get older, busier, etc. So I hope that helped you guys. Uh, If you like the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. And thank you guys as always for listening see ya and that is that my friends thank you so much for listening to another episode of the more than fitness podcast and please if you could help me out a little bit here and leave a rate and review in itunes and also take a screenshot and post it up on your ig story tag me at Matt McLeod six. I'd love to share it. I'd love to connect with you. I'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast and also so that we can share the word with other people. I would love to build up this community, build up this tribe of people that we have like you and I, uh, and get the word out there. Uh, also, if you want more free content, you can check the links in the description. I have my free four week workout plan, the ultimate physique development. And also if you want to work with me online, one-on-one for personal coaching. You can check the link in the description as well. Uh, And anything else you need, please send me an email, send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for listening.